So I think it's awfully, awfully important as we are growing in our faith that we understand things that we are singing about um, as we are singing a worship song. To understand the, uh, understand the concept of God's faithfulness is really important because a lot of times we think about God is faithful, that means he's going to just take care of stuff. And, I, and all the good things are going to come and all the bad things are not going to be there. And life is smooth sailing. And that's not the picture that we see in reality. And it's not the picture that we see in scriptures. And as we are going about uh, our days and our weeks, even this morning, um, there are some of our folks that are in the emergency room today. There are uh, some of our folks that have been in the emergency room this week. To understand God's faithfulness means that whatever we need, he will supply that. That means that if we need his strength, he will supply us his strength. If we need his compassion, he will supply us his compassion. And he will also supply us believers around us that will reach out to us and be praying for us. So as we, as we sing a worship song like that song, Great is Your Faithfulness to Me, we remember that it doesn't mean that God just takes it all away. It means that he's enough for whatever it is that we're going through. Whatever it is you're struggling with, whatever brokenness you have in your past, he is there, he knows it, he is not a stranger to your pain, and he is a constant companion God's faithfulness is true and it's good and it's powerful. We have to choose to be open to God's faithfulness and be willing to receive at, at his faithfulness however he chooses to provide us for that. But we also trust that it's enough. I wasn't planning on saying that. I had a funny story that I was going to tell and it didn't really fit. So we're gonna skip the funny story. It was really a funny story. It's about doing donuts in a parking lot and the police, police seeing me doing donuts in the parking lot. But instead, we're not gonna do that. Uh, let's take a look at our scripture passage for today. And it should not be Romans chapter 12. Verse, oh, this is the memory verse, yes. This is what happens when Jim tries to use technology. I tried to tell Pastor Tim, not a good idea. Okay, uh, so, uh, so uh, if you've been keeping up with us, uh, we have a memory verse that, we, that hopefully you've been working on uh, and that we talk about every week. So this is our memory verse. So would you please read along with me? It says, therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. 
so important because as we are living this way, as we are living, as we are, as we are living as living sacrifices, then we know that God's faithfulness will be there for us because we are living connected to him, daily connected to him. Okay, so let's take a peek at where we're going today. And that is in Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. If you've got a Bible or a Bible app on your phone, why don't you open up to that? Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7. And uh, if, if you uh, want you, if you're able to stand, why don't you stand up and uh, let's read Romans chapter 13, verses 1 through 7 together. I'll be reading out of the New American Standard, so it might be a little bit different than what, you're, uh, what you've got. But it says this, Let every person be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Therefore, he who resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God, and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Then do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. For it is a minister of God to you for good. But if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger, who brings wrath upon the one who practices evil." Wherefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. For because of this, you also pay taxes, for rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due them, tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, as we, uh, as we begin this, uh, this message, Lord, I pray that you would make us all very sensitive to, uh, to what your word is telling us. Wherever we become uh, uncomfortable, God, I pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts and of our minds to recognize where you are bringing us discipline and where you are bringing us conviction. And I pray that you would lead our minds and our thoughts and our emotions into your presence if we're not already there. In your name we pray, amen. amen. You may be seated. Well, how about talking about taxes today? Oh, right, right. Are there any loopholes anywhere? Yes. Uh, so our first fill in the blank, as you see, God is a God of order and authority. God is a God of order and authority. So actually, let's, let's go ahead and reread uh, chapter 13, verse 1. It says, let every person be in subjection to the governing authorities, for there is no authority except from God, and those which exist are established by God. Very interesting, the, uh, the context that the Apostle Paul wrote this letter was under a Roman emperor named Nero. Good emperor, bad emperor. What do you, uh, us historians, yes, he was a bad guy. 
the Emperor Nero was a bad guy. Uh, the historian Tacitus noticed, uh, noted that the Roman population considered him corrupt. Another historian noted that it was quite possible that Nero instigated the great fire of Rome and then he blamed the Christ followers who, who were in Rome and had them, uh, had them killed brutally, nasty stuff. This is the guy who is in charge when Paul says, once again, let every person be in subjection to the governing authorities. Now, who is every person? Every person under only certain, only certain governing authorities that have the letter R behind their name. No, not the ones that just have the letter D behind their name. Every, every person in subjection to the governing authorities because there is no authority except from God and those which exist are established by God. Some of us have a problem with authority, don't we? <laughs> by your laughing, yes, some of us have a problem with authority. We have a hard time with people saying, no, you may not do that. We also have a problem with people saying, yes, you are supposed to do that. What is that? What is that thing inside of us that keeps looking over our shoulders when we're saying, I don't want to go 55 miles an hour. I don't see anyone to stop me right now. What is that? We have that. We have that thing inside of us that says, I don't want to do what I'm supposed to do. That's right. That's right. <laughs> it's there. Let every person be in subjection to the governing authorities. Now, this is really interesting. I made a couple notes here. Under subjection to literally means to put myself under, to obey. to obey, to put myself under subjection to people I don't agree with. Ugh. He goes on. He says, all authority is from God, which means God's authority. And then God has placed authority under him to rule over the world. And we, our responsibility, whether our rulers are believers or not, are to put ourselves under subjection to them. We don't have the freedom to say, no, I don't agree with them. Because all authority belongs to God and whomever he has set up. Every person, right? Everybody. Says so. Every person. We don't get to say, not so because I didn't vote for him or I didn't vote for her. Okay, that's the first fill in the blank. Yeah, we already did that one. Okay, next fill in the blank is this. Living rightly removes fear. Living rightly removes fear. Let's just take this uh, verse by verse here. Starting in verse 2, he says this. Therefore, he who resists authority has opposed the ordinance of God and they who have opposed will receive condemnation upon themselves. 
If we refuse God's laws, what does it say? What's going to come? We are going to get condemnation. This is what happens when we choose to live rebelliously. And a rebellious mind says, I know this is what I'm told to do. I am not interested in doing that. Whoever is in charge says this, I would rather do things my way. We don't get to do that as believers. We are under God's authority and we are under the authority of those that are in charge over us. And if we do break, that, break those commandments, break those laws, we will receive condemnation upon ourselves. Okay, so he goes on. For rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Okay, now I'm going to tell the story. So at my at a church I used to, that uh, I used to be a youth pastor at, uh, early morning, I was unlocking the church. It was cold, snowy, uh, icy. I pulled in the parking lot. Nobody was there, but I was in charge of unlocking the church that day. So, of course, I pull in. Nobody around. So instead of just parking my car, hit the gas. It was glorious. It was glorious. Pulled into my parking lot, my, my parking space, and then here come the flashers. Oh. Yes, in the parking lot, waiting for the rest of the church to come in, which they would. So I'm parked. He walks up, says, uh, "So what are you doing?" Well, I'm the pastor, <laughs> and I am unlocking the church. His reaction was, let me have your license. <laughs> Took the license, walked back. I can just imagine this guy is laughing, calling whoever he calls back at wherever. And he, so he, he waits for a little bit. Cars are now pulling into the parking lot. And uh, he comes back and he hands the license to me. He said, do you think that was a good idea? I said, well, I don't now. <laughs> So he, uh, so he said, well, you probably shouldn't do that again. I said, I probably won't do this again. <laughs> so I go in the church, and one of the consequences is I, when we left, I was then known as Pastor Donut. <laughs> there are always, always consequences when we choose to break God's law as well as the laws of those, uh, those above us. So it is no fun to look over our shoulders and see the blue lights flashing. So he says, rulers are not a cause of fear for good behavior, but for evil. Do you want to have no fear of authority? Then just do what is good, and you will have praise from the same. I think there's a lot of people that live with anxiety because they're breaking the rules and they're afraid they're going to get caught. They're breaking the rules at work. They're breaking the rules when they drive. They're breaking the rules in their home. And I think a lot of people live with this anxiety that they just can't kick because they know that what they're doing is wrong. And they're just waiting to get found out. 
No pill for anxiety takes that anxiety away. Only doing what is good, only what, doing what is good takes that anxiety away, anxiety away. Then he says, for it as the law, it is a minister, let me see, am I skipping? Yeah, let's just keep going. For it is a minister of God to you for good, but if you do what is evil, be afraid, for it does not bear the sword for nothing. For it is a minister of God, an avenger who brings wrath upon the one who practices evil. Strange that's never made it into a worship song. This is, this, is, this is the same guy who wrote these amazing treatises on growing in our relationship with God and sanctification and justification and all these things. And then he's saying, you know, do follow the law. It's because it's important. Because when those who are unbelievers see us as believers breaking the law, their right response is, well, what's the difference between you and us? There's no difference. If we are going to choose to live our faith outwardly, one of the things that we really ought to do is to follow the law. Because there will be punishment if we don't. And we're putting off a terrible witness to the world around us if we're choosing not to live that way. So we, so we look at this, and it says, it is a minister of God. The laws are a minister of God to us for good. And that, that literally, that, I, that minister of God, it says he is a, it is an officer and it is a teacher. God uses the laws of our land to be teachers on how we should live. And if we choose not to live that way, it is also... It says in, in the New American Standard, it says it is an avenger, which is literally, it is a punisher, and it executes justice. Praise God, right? <laughs> this is what we're supposed to follow. And this is why we are supposed to follow this. Because these are the results when we don't. So he goes on. Wherefore, it is necessary to be in subjection, not only because of wrath, but also for conscience' sake. So the wrath part is the punishment, right? We blow it, we get caught, then there is wrath. There is some kind of wrath, whether it comes in a fine, whether it comes in jail time, whether it comes in whatever. There is punishment that comes when we choose to live outside of the law. But we don't just do it. We don't want to just follow the law because we don't want to go to jail, right? We don't want to just follow the law because we don't want to get fined. He says it's also for our conscience sake. Now, the law is something we can see. We're driving down, we're driving down the road. We see a white sign, black letters, black numbers that says you can't go faster than that. There is no questions there. Even the... Well, I'm not going to say that. There's no questions there. If we learn how to follow the laws with what we can see, it's a whole lot easier to learn how to follow God's laws who we can't see. 
Because if I, if I never really pay attention to the laws that I can see, now when, I read, when I'm reading in my Bible and it says that I should not gossip, if I've not learned how to follow these laws, eh, maybe, I, but this is such a good secret. Oh, yeah, I, everybody would think that this is so funny. And it's tough to follow this law, but not this law. I found that oftentimes people who have a hard time following the laws of the land also have a really hard time being obedient to God. Because the law is the law and it's put inside of us for a reason. God's, God, God writes his laws on our hearts, on the tablets of our hearts, so that we pay attention to them. We see all through the Old Testament and the New Testament that um, I'm thinking about uh, in Joshua chapter 1 where, uh, where God is leading. He's, he's, uh, he's got Joshua who Moses had just died. Joshua takes over and uh, he's leading. He's, and Joshua is about to lead all of the Israelites into the promised land. And God gives him only like one or two commandments. And one of those is you know God's law. Don't turn to the right. Don't turn to the left. Follow what I'm telling you. And if you follow what I'm telling you, it's going to go well for you. Very clearly, God didn't give Joshua these amazing battle plans where he's going to go in here and use this strategy here. Use that. God says, I'll take care of that. I want you to obey. Do what I say. If you do what I say, things will go well. And he comes back to that. The Apostle Paul comes back to that here in Romans chapter 13. It is necessary to be in subjection, not just for wrath, but for my conscience. So I'm not walking around with a guilty conscience. What if they find out? What if he sees? What if she sees? I want to live in contentment. I can't live in contentment when I'm breaking the law and afraid someone's going to find out. Okay, so that's fill in the blank number two. Oh, before we get, th- so, so there's another passage, there's a couple, couple little verses. I want you to jot these down if you're taking notes. It's Proverbs chapter 28, verse 9. It says this. Proverbs 28, 28 verse 9 says, He who, who turns away his ear from listening to the law, even his prayer is an abomination. Wow. If I am choosing to live separated from what God tells me to do, according to this, my prayer is an abomination. Yow. He says in Psalm 66, verse 18, if I cherish sin in my heart, the Lord will not listen. God takes this very seriously. He takes our obedience very seriously. Obedience to God is not an option. Obedience to the law is not an option. Again, Paul's writing this with the emperor Nero who is going to behead him. Paul is about to be executed. And the man who he says the man who is about to execute him, he says, put ourselves in subjection to this man because he was putting himself in subjection 
to the Emperor Nero. He could have formed some kind of uprising, but he didn't do it. This is the law. I'm going to follow the law. Further, this is God's law. I'm going to follow God's law because these are one and the same. Is this making sense? Okay. So let's move into our third fill-in-the-blank. Okay, we already did that. Still did that. Okay. Choosing to honor authority get, keeps our trust in God's plan. Choosing to honor authority keeps our trust in God's plan. Okay, now we get to talk about taxes. <laughs> Hasn't been good enough yet. Let's talk about taxes. Yay. For because of this, you also pay taxes for rulers are servants of God, devoting themselves to this very thing. Render to all what is due, what is due them. Tax to whom taxes due, custom to whom custom, fear to whom fear, and honor to whom honor. These people who God has placed in these roles of leading, they have to get paid. This is how they earn their living, and they earn their living by us paying taxes. And it is right to pay our taxes. <laughs> Did you hear that? <laughs> it is right to pay our taxes. And according to this, it is sinful in the eyes of God not to pay our taxes. We are in disobedience when we choose not to pay our taxes. It says so right here. Not Jim said. Word says it. This is God's law. This is our responsibility as believers to not cheat on our taxes. Once again, praise God. <laughs> if God, if, if people who are in authority have been placed there by God, as we honor them, we are also honoring God's authority. But how can this be? What if they're not... What if they are not godly people? Guess who that's between? Them and who? God. Them and God. That is not between them and us. They're the ones that will have to answer for their choosing whether they are going to put themselves under God's authority or not. That is not for us to decide. We are not their judge. We are not their jury. We are not their prosecuting attorneys. It is our job to obey what is handed down they're the ones that will have to answer to God for their lifestyle, for what they do. A lot like the serpent in the Garden of Eden, when we are striving for our own control, striving for our own set of morals, striving for us to decide what is right in our own eyes, that is exactly what Eve did in the garden. She chose to do what was right in her eyes. And we don't get that option. We do what's right in the eyes of God. 
and we give him control over us. We obey him. We obey the rulers that are over us. Okay. One more thing. One more thing. So, uh, so many, so many of us, you know, we love, we love to praise God for His grace. We love God's grace, but man, that submission part—that's tough. We don't like the submission. We like to hear about His grace. We want to do what we want to do. We want to live out our faith our way. I'll read my Bible when I have time. I'll go to church when it fits into my schedule. I'm free to choose the lifestyle that I want. That is not the picture that we see of obedience in the scriptures. It is not putting ourselves under God's authority. We put ourselves under God's authority, which means we dedicate our minds to him. We, de- we dedicate our time to him. We dedicate our skills, our gifts, our talents to him. We dedicate everything to him. He even owns And if he says pay tax, then we pay tax. Faith isn't our program to pick and choose what we want it to look like. Our faith is God's program. We submit to him. And as we learn how to submit to our earthly rulers and our earthly authorities, we're also learning how to submit to God and to his authority and to his rule in our life. And when we choose not to submit, there will always be consequences. We will always live with consequences when we're choosing to live that way. Okay, I have a couple of helpers that are going to come up and join me. I'd like to introduce you to Daryl and Christina Motter. And uh, they just got married this last year. And yeah, yeah, yeah. And it was an absolute joy to take part uh, in, their, uh, in their ceremony. Um, and I would, like to sh- I would like for them to be able to share with all of you guys uh, why they chose to get married and uh, for them putting themselves under, uh, under, God's, uh, under submission to God. So, hi. Okay, so you got the, got the mic on? Excellent. Okay, so first question. I'd like for you guys to describe your relationship with God when you got together. What was it like when you guys first got together? So for me, I believed he existed. I figured I would answer to him eventually, seen too much of the wrong in the world to believe he even cared for us. Um, I was just starting to rekindle my relationship with God. I had put my relationship with God on the back burner for years. I never stopped believing in God, but I had been ignoring that part of my life and not putting him first. About six to eight months before Daryl and I met, I had started to work on my relationship with God. I would started to pray again, read my Bible, and make God a priority. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so what was life like when you were choosing not to submit to God's authority in your life? For me, I had ups and downs, but mostly down. Felt like life was beating me up, and I thought it was par for the course. Mm-hmm. Um, For me, life was very difficult. Um, I was working incredibly hard at all aspects of my life and really getting nowhere. 
Um, I was trying to be 110% for everyone and was drowning physically and emotionally. I was in a very abusive relationship and I had just found out my kids were also being abused. I was lost in all areas. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay. So, so, uh, so why did you guys end up choosing to get married? Well, we did not want to get married when we first met. We had both been in some nasty relationships, but after coming to church with you, Jim, and talking to you and learning what God's authority was, I felt like they put, God put Christina in my life for that reason and to live under God's authority. Yeah, I put, with everything me and the kids had been through, you know, my general consensus was to never get married again, but I 100% felt and knew that it was God's plan for me, and I believed God had put Daryl in my life. Yeah. Yeah, so you guys, you guys had been living together, decided after your growth and you're, you're getting closer to God and everything that getting married was the right thing to do, putting yourselves under God's authority. Um, so how is life different now that you are choosing to live under God's authority? For me, it feels good. It feels like I have purpose and not life's punching bag. I still have down times, but it does feel much easier to deal with when I have Christina and... Uh, God behind me. Yep. Yep. Um, I said there's a peace and a happiness I've never experienced before in my life. Um, Daryl and I's relationship is almost effortless. We make each other happy. We're a team and our priority is to put God first and teach our kids to love God. Yeah. So we go back to that worship song that we sang uh, when, 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 uh, when uh, earlier in the, in the service that great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. This, you know, once, once we become obedient and once we start living under God's authority rightly, now we're starting to experience God's faithfulness and you're starting to experience God's blessing in your life where before it just, it wasn't there. It wasn't there like it is now. Now this isn't, you know, this, this really isn't so much for the law because once again, it's not, we don't get to heaven by obeying you know, the law of the land. We get to heaven because we have put ourselves under God's authority. We, are, we have faith in the God who loves us and we are now choosing to live our life based on his set of what is right and wrong. We are, we're choosing to live our life in obedience to him. And that's what, that's what ultimately, that's what this whole, that's what the whole Bible is about choosing to lay aside my old self, choosing to lay aside a lifestyle of breaking God's laws, and choosing then to live a lifestyle of obedience to God's laws. Uh, so my question then would be, so where are you? Where are you at? Are you at the point of choosing to submit to God's will are you willing to come to a point, if you're not there, to submit to God's authority and to turn your will over to him and choose to live in obedience to him? Because if we do, the abundance of blessings don't stop. Doesn't mean everything is, we never have any more problems, but it means that God's blessing and his strength doesn't end he has always promised that he'll be with those who he is in relationship with. Or are there still some areas of your life that you're choosing 
to hold on to and you're choosing to want to control. So I'll come back to you guys. What would you guys suggest to folks here who are still choosing to live outside of God's authority in their lives? So I suggest is it's uh, like you've been doing a puzzle for the last 10 years and you can't find that one piece and then you find God's authority and that piece fits right in where you want and then the other pieces fit right along with it as, as life starts to get a little easier, the puzzle gets a little easier and uh, yeah. That's cool. But don't listen to all the noise around you. It's easy to listen to the world, worldly views and societal norms. You know, we just kind of go with the flow. Do what you know is right and listen to that little voice of the Holy Spirit. Um, really listen and then take the narrow road and follow through with what you know is right. That's good. That's good stuff. Allow the Holy Spirit to bring that conviction. If, if there's something that you know that you are holding on to, if there's part of your identity that says, this is who I am, and I know it's not who God wants me to be, but heck with it. This is who I am, so God can suck it up. If there's still parts of you that's holding on to that thought process, this is a really, really good day to give that up. Because that is not God's best for you. That's living in rebellion. We don't get to live in rebellion and have intimacy with the Holy Spirit. We don't get to do that. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful that you are patient and you hang with us and you keep leading us closer to you and closer to you and you keep working on our heart and you don't discipline us because you hate us. You discipline us because we are your beloved children. And the discipline that you desire to bring into our lives removes the anxiety and removes the frustration and removes all of that stuff that, that messes with our contentment. Father God, we want, to, we want to worship you with our whole hearts. But there are areas of our hearts that have been damaged in our past and it is really hard for us to yield those up to you. So God, over these next few days, if there are areas in our hearts that you are stirring up, stirring up towards obedience, Lord, I pray that you would keep meeting us there in your compassion and in your patience, but also in your holiness because we want to be like you. And we know that your strength is enough to hold on to us and to lead us. We're grateful that you are a loving father. And we're grateful that you have adopted us into your family. And now in those areas where we're hurting ourselves and we're hurting those around us, please empower us to yield those up to you. And however the enemy would try to speak to us and would try to 
uh, would try to sucker us into believing that it is our freedom and our freedom is a good thing and we can do whatever we want to do. God, I pray that you would meet us in those areas and you would bring the conviction that needs to happen so that we can, so that we can live in complete obedience to you and we can subject our hearts to you, subject our minds to you. so that you can make us whole. You can take the weapons out of our own hands that we're hurting ourselves with. So direct our thoughts as we go through the rest of today and into this week. Show us how to depend on you more. In your name we pray, amen.